It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. We are back for the final, the penultimate Euros 2021 live stream on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today, We'll be previewing one game, the final, Italy versus England. You wouldn't read about it. It might be coming home. And please send through any questions at any point throughout the stream, uh, any comments. I'm sure we'll have a few in there uh, fighting about who's going to win this game. It should be uh, it should be very exciting. And joining me, as always, on the top right of your screen is George Gamble. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. Doing well. Obviously, finally recovered after last night. But uh, yeah, great atmosphere down the local. Wasn't as lucky as nice to obviously be in Wembley. But uh, yeah, no, apart from that, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm sure you had plenty of waters last night, just like our, our local celebrity, Nigel Seely. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? How are you? Are we right? I've just got in oh. a busy, busy couple of days. Tired. Busy days. Wimbledon, Euros, semi-finals. You got the final. You're going to the final in a couple of days, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm going to the final. Yeah, pretty lucky to go to the final. So I'm going to the final. I'm going to the semi-final. I think the semi-final last night. I think it was um, the atmosphere was it was good atmosphere. But I will tell you what, it was nowhere near as good as atmosphere against the Germany game. The Germany game was phenomenal. I thought um, the England atmosphere yesterday. Well, it was great. It was great to see us win, but it was a quite a nervy atmosphere there, rather than a sort of a happy, euphoric kind of atmosphere. And it was um, yeah, it wasn't the same. But it was it was great to be there. It was great to be there. Not so good getting home though, because eight o'clock kickoff going into extra time penalties. If it went to penalties for the for the final, you on a Sunday, you know one's going to get home. It's going to be a nightmare getting home. But um, the day the build up to the game is fantastic. It's all right. Just call the missus. I'm sure she'd be happy to pick you up from anywhere, mate. Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you call uh, her. What was that? You can call her for me. um just a quick recap of how we went last stream i think we basically nailed the italy game george the fouls i'm assuming it went over it was close to at least going over and then it went into extra time uh and then i don't know if i meant i think yeah you had italy to qualify to nigel so they obviously went through um and then the England game, I think we came a bit unstuck there. They obviously didn't win in normal time. So um, I think I had a little mug pun on nil all too, which, uh, you know, it's a mug pun though. It doesn't really doesn't really count as, as we all know. Um, so, yeah, that's how we went last stream. But we will get into the game very soon. Let's just quickly put a quick disclaimer out there for people that I or no one else on this channel is a financial advisor. So please... Uh, just uh, there, there is a risk of losing money when betting. So what uh, what choices you make with your money is completely up to you. So please be responsible. All right, let's get the odds up for the Italy-England game. We have England. This is normal time odds, so England to win in normal time is at 2.7. The draw is at 3, and Italy to win is... Uh, you can get as high as 3.1 in some places. And I might as well get up the qualification odds too, or probably the wrong one, to win the cup or if that's somewhere, to lift the trophy. Um, 
Oh, and that is not there. But I think it's hovering around that 1.8, 2.1 mark. Would that be right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Um, yeah, it's something, it's something like that. Like, uh, yeah, Italy to go through is at about 2.1. Maybe you can get a bit more and and uh, and England to go through or to win the to win the cup. But it's, it's, their, it's their even money to win it. And um, okay. England, 180, 185. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, both these sides were taken into extra time to earn their place in the final. I thought Italy were reasonably lucky to get out of that one alive against Spain. Spain shut them down beautifully like no other team this tournament. But like always, Spain could not find the killer blow. And England were dominant for the most part against the Danes, although I'm pretty sure there are still people out there questioning that penalty call. I don't want to sit here and debate the penalty call because it's completely irrelevant and no one really cares, especially you guys. Um, but, yeah, I'll go to you first, George, mate. Just overall thoughts on on the two teams' performance and how you might think that formulates into this game. Yes, I mean, obviously we spoke when we were speaking about Italy and Spain. Um, I remember sort of saying, for me, Spain haven't got a killer up front. Um, I know you've got obviously guys around the team that can chip in with goals, but the point is that they're not doing it. And the amount of chances they create is we see by the underlying numbers, but they just don't finish. And that was my kind of worry going into it. Italy are efficient. They're so efficient. And for me, it's, it's the experience that Italy have got in their side. You know, Benucci and Chiellini just seem to age like a fine wine. They get better with age. They look formidable. They really do. Um, and with England, watching them um, against Denmark, I mean, obviously, Nigel, you were there. So you, you can get a better understanding when you're actually watching the game rather than just on TV when it sort of goes around. But for me, you know, that was Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips, probably the biggest games of their careers ever. And at certain stages, I felt like we were getting overrun in that midfield and, this looks slightly out of their depth. I'm not all game, but on occasion they just didn't. They look like a rabbit in headlights. In in my opinion, uh, we're getting slightly overrun. So my biggest fear is the fact that when we get into this final, I think it'll be tight. It's going to be cagey. Of course, it is. Uh, I think four of the last cup finals in Europe have been like one nil, and we've seen some huge shocks in there. And this is going to be a tensive game, and we need to keep our wits about us. But I do. My biggest concern is that Italy have the far, far more experience uh, in these sort of situations than we do. Um, obviously, it's at Wembley. It, was, it is a, an advantage. You know, hopefully, it's going to be absolutely rocking. Uh, with Nigel, there, I'm sure it will be. But uh, but no, I, that's my biggest concern about this one. Italy did well against Spain to get through, as you, as you already alluded to. Spain were fantastic at closing them down and obviously making them work and creating those chances, but they couldn't do it. And obviously, Italy survived and managed to progress. And Same with England, though. Obviously, again, like you said, I'm not going to focus on the penalty, but they should have had one earlier on that probably wasn't given that was more more of a penalty than the one that was initially given in the end. but And also, let's not forget, that all the fans having a pop, England have had their fair share of moments go against them. Probably the arguably the most blatant moment of cheating in sports history with the hand of God, Maradona, Lampard's going against Germany that didn't count with the Rooney, Ronaldo saga. You know, we've, it feels like a little bit of luck is going our way. So hopefully that can, uh, can transfer to the final, but it's going to be such, such a big test. And I think experience alone, my head says the value would be with Italy. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to call. Nigel, uh, yeah, I think it's a genuine 50 50 match. I think, and I think it really is. A, if, if the game was played in Rome, you would see the Italians as a, a very resounding favorite, a, a lot shorter than perhaps England would be. Um, I do think England didn't play to their best against Denmark. I thought that, um, 
they only come into the game when they went 1-0 behind. When they went 1-0 behind, they opened up and played without any fear. They scored a goal within 10 minutes of conceding. And they should, probably should have scored again. You know, they had more chances. And then they went, they sat back. And I think they're going to try to sit back um, and try to j- just defend and try to play the, an Italian game against the Italians. And I think that's going to be very dangerous. Um, I think England's best way of playing this final is to go at the front foot and go at them. Our strengths are going forward. Um, our strengths are with flair players and pace. And, and, and however good the Italians are, I, I, I think Chiellini and Benucci uh, this season haven't been as good as they have been for Juventus. And I think they're vulnerable with pace. But I think England will just try to do what the Italians do and the fear of losing will, will come over them. And I think if they, but they will play Declan Rice, they will play Calvin Phillips. And that means they're going to try to defend and, and play for a nil-nil or play for a one-nil win. And I think that's a dangerous strategy. I really do. I think you could, you know, you're in the final. You, you, you can't live life and have regrets. You've got, to, you've got to take the opportunity. And I think that if England try to sit back and hold on here, I think that they might regret it in years to come. Think, why didn't we ever go? Why didn't we take it to the Italians? Why, the Austrians took it to the Italians. They, they went toe-to-toe with them. They played all right there. They, they should have really beaten them. Um, Spain went toe-to-toe with them. And if they had a goal scorer, they, they would have beaten them. England have got all those players. But um, I, I fear that we're going to just sit there and try to get this, get this play... I think we're going to do an old-fashioned Italian job on the Italians, and the Italians will be the entertaining side. And that's not in English nature. That's not what the Premier League is all about. The Premier League is about fast-flowing, uh, quick tempo, fast football, in-your-face, strong. And I think the English national team in this final have to take chances. If they take chances and they go for it, they'll beat the Italians. But i just got a feeling that they're going to sit back, be very nervy, 1-0 either way, maybe even a 0-0 penalties, extra time, all the whole shebang. I think it's going to be a real, real long night. And I, and I just worry that England might look at it on, on, on Monday morning and think, you know, well, why, why didn't we? Why didn't we just go for it? Why didn't you know, we? First time in the, in the final, we didn't go for it. And I think they will go for it if they go behind. But against the Italians, if they go behind, it's going to be very hard to score too. Yeah, I get the feeling that I'm surprised because I thought you guys, I, I'm a little bit more high on England just because of the... Obviously, the home advantage is huge, and then also the the fact Italy have just been through some uh, some really tough encounters. Like, and they looked pretty dead on their feet against the the Spanish. I thought the only way they were going to go through was if they could just last until penalties. And to be honest, it, I don't. Be fair, Alex. It's an interesting point because you're probably the the best person to speak about it because you've got no idea of nationality and patriotic support. I'm saying I, I could sit here and turn around and say England will win and everyone will say, look at him, he's an Englishman born and being and I could turn around and say Italy win because you look at me thinking I'm, I'm being pessimistic about England's chances. I think you're probably the best one to look analyze it and look at it on the tournament and think how you how feel. The only thing is I would say I think there'll be a lot of Italian fans there. Don't you worry about that. Um you know there was a lot of Danish fans there. When the, the German game they had a tiny little corner there was probably about thousand two thousand people there was a lot of Danes last night there in that corner of the, uh, in that whole section the bottom and I think the, the Italians will have a lot of support I think they're gonna have about 10 15 thousand people which is still look it was still you know it is, it is a big sport but you've got to remember the pressure on England I think these boys have I think that you know it's all right having home advantage but the pressure on them is, is such I know I know they're young I know they're hungry I know they're fearless but this is uh this is this is it for them this is this is a, you know everyone expects and I think if we play offensively, we'll beat them. And if we sit back, I'm not so sure. Yeah, sorry. I am still here. Um, 
Yeah, no, I was just going to – the one bet I wouldn't want to take is Italy to, to – just for me, I wouldn't want to take Italy to to win the Euros just because I think if it goes into extra time, I think I think they're going to have enough gas in the tank. And I think that's where England can really press their advantage. And that's when England have the likes of Grealish on the pitch, most likely Foden, uh, when they bring on that um, incredible bench that they have. So, I mean, that's just how I see it. I think if you want to back Italy, I'd probably just take them in normal time. I mean that, Alex. So one thing is that they'll bring Foden and all that on when the games. Those players will come on if England are nil-nil or they're one-nil behind. If the mm. game is nil-nil with eighty minutes, he, he's not changing it. He's he's not mm. he's not taking off. He's not taking off Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips and bringing on Grealish because it's not in his nature. He's not a gambling coach. He keeps that team and goes all the way through, and he'll bring them on, and he won't. He he, he probably. Bring them on. The only time those boys will get a game or get a proper game time is if England go behind, or or or, or we we go an extra time. We're trying to get a goal, but if it's nil nil, I, I can't see him opening them up. I kind I cannot see him saying, "God, go and have a go." It's too big a game to, to risk, and he's not a risk taker. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's maybe try and talk about some of these betting markets. You got William. William Oscar Oscarson, he is saying both teams to score question mark. I can get up the uh, the market for, oh maybe I can't. I'll see if I can get it up in the meantime. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Not for me personally. Uh, it's it's going to be such a tight affair. It's going to be so so tight. I mean, again, similar to the actual game itself, is is fifty fifty, but. I just feel like it's going to be a nervy, nervy occasion. And in my experience, nervy occasions don't equate to, to goals more often than not. And yeah, I just don't. If if England go behind one nil, as Nigel's already alluded to, then that's then when they might start playing. But if it's tight early doors in that first half, I don't see both teams scoring and getting on the score sheet. It will be a dogged affair trying to reach out potentially. And as you get further into the deeper waters, I can see it being dragged into into that extra time. It's, it's a tricky market for this one personally because it depends how the game unfolds in that first half because. I think it's going to be very, very tight, very nervy, and very low scoring. The, be- the best thing for the game, the best thing for the game and for the, for the neutral is for Italy to go one nil up. I don't want that to happen, but if it's it, it, Italy no. go one up, if Italy go one nil up, then we've got a proper game of football. Then you'll see Grealish coming on. Then you'll see Sancho. Then you'll see England unleash, and then you'll see w- what they're capable of. But it, that's what we need. And, and I think if you're going to play both teams to score markets or total goals markets and you want to go overs, I think you really, I'd rather take the, I know it sounds crazy, but I'd rather take the over two and a half if there's a goal after 25 minutes. I know you're not going to get the price you're going to get, but I think if there's a goal up before 25 minutes, then this game will go over two and a half because England will go forward and we know their defence is questionable. You know, I know it's been brilliant this tournament, but it's questionable. The goal is questionable. But um, you, everyone, everyone, every expert you speak to in this game, it doesn't matter who it is, whatever podcast, whoever, everyone's going to be saying under two goals, both teams score no. But you know, in, in fifteen minutes, if Italy go one nil up, then all that goes out the window. Everything goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, right. We'll get to a few of these other. I mean, Tom Payne says Harry Maguire, sixteen to one anytime scorer seems big to me. He was he was brilliant at set piece last night. He's unlucky a few times not to find 
the back of the net. Some terrific headers from him. Um, yeah, Shane saying agree. Yeah, I think that, England. Yeah, that, that Harry Maguire bet. I mean, that's a great. I, I always liked Harry. I liked Harry Maguire the last World Cup to score any time from that set piece when the. They all the defenders and all the attackers all line up and then they all make a way. Harry Maguire is always the one they look for. But um, you'd want to be playing Harry Maguire in a game where the goals are in for a lot more than this game. The goals are in for two goals, you know. To get Harry Maguire to get one of them is a tall last. If England are playing a lesser-known side, um, a lesser nation, uh, and you can get 10 to 1 Harry Maguire, I'd rather take him at 10 to 1 when the goals are in. The expectancy of goals is a lot higher than this game. So, um I think really, if you're looking for a goal scorer market in this game, England's chances will probably come from a penalty again. Or um, you can't really look outside Sterling and, and Kane. I know it's obvious, but they've scored seven goals for England in this tournament. You know, they, you know that, that's that's it. You know, that, that that's where that's where the goals are going to come from. Yeah. Um, and what else have we got? Oh, yeah. So Shane makes a good point here. I think one of the biggest advantages Italy have is the goalkeeper. I mean. Pickford, he's just he's just, he's just gotten a mistake written all over. He looks so he looks so touchy in that game <laughs> against uh, against Denmark. I was you know you hold your breath every time he gets near the ball. It's quite funny watching him uh, at a corner, isn't it? He's like he's like standing next to everyone. <laughs> They're all so much bigger than him, and it's, it's quite hilarious. You guys must be uh, I assume you're quite worried about Pickford's performance going into this one. Um, yes and no. I mean, he's had a good tournament. You know, he's kept clean sheets and he's pulled out some cracking saves. But you no, know, he is our number one. And obviously, you look at that the game last night and that one where Dan's guys obviously at that free kick in. You know, he's got, he's got small arms for a goalkeeper. And if, for example, if that had been Donnarumma, yeah. he gets to that. That that, that doesn't go in because the goal was quite central, wasn't it? That the free kick was very central where it's put. And so, in my opinion, Pickford it defies his own physics, but he should have done a bit better there. But Overall, I mean, I'm happy with him. What I love about Pickford is his distribution. Yeah, at times it goes wayward, but it's like he's been getting lessons from Edison. You can't off ping a ball and, you know, up to the lights of, you know, your target men, maybe up top with uh, Sterling or whoever running off in behind. It's it's just another outlet, isn't it? But yeah, I question sometimes his ability to command his own area. But as a shot stopper, I don't think he's too bad. Obviously, I'd rather have someone who's a little bit taller, someone with longer arms. But uh, it is what it is. At the end of the day, he's performed for us on more than one occasion. So I don't think you can say because that one goal, for example, when he had a, maybe a nervous sort of funny game or whatever, that doesn't take away from the other games that he's played when he's played exceptionally well. You know, it happens. We're all human. Mistakes happen. You just kind of got to get on with it, really. Um, Mark, you talked about earlier or a couple, maybe a week ago, Nigel was the BBC personality of the year. And Shane has asked here, is the betting wrong for that, Mark? Because they now favour Harry Kane, at uh, three to one, so that's four in odds. Uh, and Sterling is second at seven in odds. I mean, for me, if, if Harry Kane gets personality of the year, then there's a serious problem in, in the world because he has the shittest personality I've ever witnessed. Have you seen some of the previous winners? Nick Falbo, Nigel. <laughs> oh my God, I've got more personality in that little finger than the winners of this tournament, um, on this, on this, in this, this award. The thing is, I, I tipped Sterling up the other day on here at ten to one. I thought he was, he was a bet, but at that time, Harry Kane hadn't scored a goal. If Harry Kane scores two goals in the final, or he replicates Jeff Hurst and scores a hat trick in the final, he's one one. You know, I'd rather have a bet on that after the tournament. Um, and if England get beat in the tournament, 
then he's hundred to one. Uh, the, the, you know, the Olympian, the, the hundred meter runner for England will be the winner. The great British hundred meter runner will be the favourite for that. But um, or, or Tyson Fury or, or Andy. Joshua what are you coming in at, mate? I'm not. BBC, I'm not. I, so I'm not BBC Sports personality. I'm the uh, trade mate Sports personality. Of you. It's only. <laughs> it's only three of us in the game. One hundred and one me, sixty-six to one George Gamble, and five thousand. Uh, five thousand Neil. What about me, mate? What am I coming in at? Yeah, you're expert panel. You're you can't you were you you can't you can't win it. It's only a three to guess. Yes, I got to make the market up. Maybe I can uh, fix the market. <laughs> I'm betting on Neil at five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to him? What's happened to him? He was here once and he never seen him again. Neil, mate, he was here the whole time through the group stages, mate. And then he's uh, he's he's had to move countries. But um, oh, yeah, that. I've come back from twenty four Stellas all day and yesterday. I'm, I'm still here. Come on, no, um, no, seriously, I think I think that um, I think Sterling is a better six rather than Kane. I think you'll win the player of the tournament, Sterling. I think you'll win the player of the tournament. I think what he does off the field as well in terms of all his uh, work on Black Lives Matter and all his, you know, equality work as well, will get a huge amount of um, respect. And I think when the story, when, if England do do well, saying England win this tournament, there'll be a lot of feel-good stories coming about Raheem Sterling because he's a very likeable lad and there's a lot, lot of things I've heard about and nothing negative really. So I think that, um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's, he's a, he'll be a vet. Yeah, player of the tournament here, you can get Raheem Sterling as high as 2.96 on the exchanges. Harry Kane next best. Jorginho's up there. Um, yeah, there's a few good uh, few good bets in there. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, halftime draw, maybe. Uh, anyone fancy that? I mean, I like there's potential for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, like that. I, I mean... It's not bad at all. You've got to think for me, like I've, I've said countless times on it, you know, attacks win your games, but defences win your tournaments. And these two have obviously got the best defences in, in the tournament so far. And I think, as I said before, just to reiterate, it's going to be cagey, it's going to be tight. It's who blinks first. So half time draw, I think, is an absolutely great shout. I was even money this morning. It's now uh, 1.91. I think it's a better 1.91. Yeah, there you go. 1.9. I think that's the best bet of the game. Oh, Jim, mate, you're supposed to wait. You're supposed to hold it off, hold it off, and then at the end we go best bets, mate. And and then you just people can't. are waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. I didn't get the I didn't get the memo. I've been at Wimbledon all that. <laughs> um, all right, I'll try and rifle. There's so many comments here. I'll try and rifle through the pick of the bunch. Jacob says whole continental Europe will support Italy. England has no sympathy at all. Booing during national anthem of their opponents. Very poor, controversial penalty in the semi-final. Hypocrite Gary Lineker, who criticised the penalty for the checks when Schlick got an elbow and bleeding, criticised the red card for the. So I'm trying to keep Nigel shut shut up here, but he's uh, he's very. Hard. Well, let me tell you something. Did you hear all the Italians booing the Spanish anthem? Oh, I, I didn't hear any of the booing about anything. Listen, I'm not I'm not right or wrong, but it's it's, it's gamesmanship. You go, it, it, this is football. You don't. You, I've been to watch England play in Russia. You tell you, 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 you know all about that. I'll tell you, the Russians. They, 
you won't, you won't hear it. You won't even hear the national anthem. It's not the English, but it's, it happens everywhere. You go anywhere in the world. It, it's not the right thing, but it happens. And with regards to um, to England, I mean, I mean, did you see the did you see the Italian player lying on the floor pretending he was injured when they scored? He was not if very immobile then. If that was Raheem Sterling, what would be happening then? What would be what would this stick with that be happening? You know, it's a tournament football. Things happen in tournaments football. I mean, like like George said at the start of the show, the hand of God, Frank Lampard's goal, David Beckham's kick. You know, when he, when, he, when Ronaldo got him sent off, these you know maybe maybe this time we've, we've had a bit of luck. Penalties have gone our way. Penalties that haven't gone our way. It, it's it's variance over a course of over years. It just seems to me as well, like all of the other teams over the years, I've always thought they're so good at you know the dark arts of football, if you like, you know not conning per se, but bordering on the line of cheating, putting your body in a position where you know you're going to get challenged in a dangerous area or making the most of any kind of contact. And it's all fine. You know, we've seen lots of Brazil do it on countless occasions and obviously how many World Cups have they won. We've seen Italy do it a lot. We've seen plenty of teams do it. And I've always thought England haven't been good enough for that side of the game. And as soon as we say, if you like, get the rub of the green at one point, all of a sudden we're the worst team to ever enter a tournament and we don't deserve it. It's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's one rule for one, one for another. At the end of the day, Gary Neville put it perfectly. Yeah, it probably wasn't a penalty, but do I care? Absolutely not. Yeah. What about Ziddings and Anne when he nutted, he nutted the guy in the World Cup final? What about De Jong for Holland when he done a karate kick on Zidane? What about, you know, these things happen in tournament football. What about Rudy Voller when he, and Frank Rijkaard when Frank Rijkaard, this isn't an English thing, this is a football thing. All right, exactly. Love it. Uh, price on under one and a half goals. He says uh, Shane said I would rather take halftime full time market and just hope it's cagey throughout. Draw, draw at halftime. Draw at full times at fives, uh, and the tie and tie in under one and a half. I can't really understand what he's saying there, but um, yeah, that's another I guess way we could uh, approach things. Uh, Lewis actually has uh, put out a nice little. Uh, Bad here, Maguire headed shots on target appeals more in his opinion, and the price is seven to two. Uh, but you can get uh, get it price elsewhere at Sky Boils and Paddy Power. So uh, yeah, for for Maguire to have a headed shot on target, that is at uh, at seven to two, which I think is is that four point five. I think in mm-hmm. in decimal three point five, three point five, so, yeah. three point five. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so yeah, there's another uh, option for us. Uh, Pedri, young player of the tournament, is three on the exchanges. If England win the Euros, he surely wins it. What does he? Surely he means the other way around. I'm guessing. Yeah, obviously Pedri's is a fantastic young player, but I don't know that I'd have him as a young player of the year. But then again, you say that, and I'm sort of trying to think. Also, it depends on the final. Yeah, someone what? obviously. Oh, sorry, I had a brain fade. I forgot. Pedri's Spanish. Sorry, I had an absolute. Yeah. Is it, isn't the young? Uh, is the goalie for um, Italy in the young player of the tournament? Yeah, he's the favourite. Yeah. So you got Donnarumma at two point two. Win it? I think he'd win it. What about Chiesa? I thought he'd yeah. be there. Uh, I would. I, I think. The, I think the goalie. I think the goalie will win it. Yeah, more than likely. The thing is, Donnarumma saves a penalty. Uh, in extra time, oh, it's not a penalty. Sorry, shootouts. He gets it. Chiesa scores the winning goal, mate. 
there you go. Yeah, but it's, it's looking very unlikely that Chiesa will even feature, though. Obviously, limped off uh, in their game oh, against against Spain. So it's not even looking likely that he'll even feature in the game, which, for personally, from my perspective, obviously, I follow Chiesa a lot, and he's just he's fantastic. But, I mean, the problem that Spain had against Chiesa, they showed him onto his right foot. You never do that with Chiesa. Don't, don't show him onto his right foot and give him a free pop at goal because his technique's brilliant. And the fact that he's missing because he's their main outlet, Italy tend to favour attacking down their right-hand side where Chiesa is. So if he doesn't feature, that'll be a serious blow for them because he's so creative. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Janel, the odds for that one, I mean, I can see 14.8 for Chiesa on the exchange. So, I mean, oh, fuck, I might just worth a little little pop, but um, yeah, that's just uh, my thought. Uh, all right. I think we've gone through about just about every possible bet you could put on for this game. So why don't we try and sum it up, gents? I'll go to you first, Nigel. Everyone knows probably what it is by now, but yeah, yeah if you had to have a bet on this, mate, what would it be? Well, I think I'm going to bet the draw at half time. Um, 10 to 11. It was even money. I think the first half is going to be very, very cagey. And, and even if Italy do score, I think that England will, will go like they did against Denmark and try to get the equaliser. And I think it's like likewise, if uh, if England score, Italy will open up. So you've always got a chance that the draw will come in anyway, even if it doesn't work out to that nil-nil that we, we, we probably predict. Um, that would be my main pick. And my second pick, I'm going to have a second pick in as well. I'm going to go for... Um, no goal scorer in the game at six to one. Not nil nil. No goal scorer. So many own goals in this tournament that um, you know. I think it's going to be really nervy. I think England will be so nervous, and they're not going to want to do anything. Get the ball away. And likewise with Italy, it's a big, massive tournament for them. Massive thing after what happened to them after the last World Cup, and I think it's going to be really edgy to see stuff. They're going to go all the way. And, and is that for the whole? 120 minutes if it goes the whole way. And that's 90 minutes, six to one, no goal scorer. But obviously, um, if it's an own goal, we uh, we get paid out. It's a one nil. Like last night, it was an own goal. It's been, I think it's, been, it's been about 11 own goals in this tournament. So there's a lot of own goals. So yeah. Never bet nil nil. Always bet the no goal scorer because it covers the no goal. And I think there's, there's a, you know, with the high no uh, own goals, you've got to be you got to be on that. All right, and George, mate. Yeah, similar. Like I said, I do quite like that. I think it'll be a tentative affair. But just to keep it a little bit different, and I'm going to do something that Nigel absolutely loves. I'm, I'm dipping into the uh, the old prop markets because um, obviously I love the cards, but also love the free kicks and the fouls. And the one I was looking at is it's on Unibet again. The beauty of Unibet is they count extra time towards it as well. It's not just within the 90 minutes. Um, so it's a short price, but in my opinion, I still think it's a great bet. I'll probably have it around 1.6 personally. Um, but they've priced up around 1.73 on Unibet. And it's for Italy to commit over 11.5 fouls in the game. It's landed in all of their last four games in this tournament. Obviously, didn't against Turkey and Switzerland. And in terms of England, sort of the fouls that they've had committed against them, in all the games they've played against you know, relatively respectful opponents, obviously, it, the only time it, this didn't land were against Ukraine um, and against the Czech Republic. And we all know with the Czech Republic game, it was kind of wasn't really much to it. There wasn't the, that high energy. Um, and also against the Ukraine, similar sort of thing. England stormed to their lead, looked very comfortable. There wasn't a lot really in it. But with the impetus on this game and how what it means, I think that line is far too low. I was expecting when I, I looked into it just to, to see what lines they opened up at, I was expecting to see around 13.5, if not 14.5. So that's very, very low. And, and I'm expecting that. That line will go up massively before uh, before kickoff. So, yeah, for me, 
Italy to commit over 11.5 fouls. And, and like I said, the beauty is extra time counts as well, should it get there. I think if there's ever a time to have a props bet, it's on a big game like this, though, isn't it? Like, you know, it, 100%. If, um, yeah, it's not like they're going to shut down your account for having a props bet on, uh, on the final of the Euros. It's just, it's probably just going to look muggy either way. But so. The thing is, like, there's only certain, I think there's so many markets out there. You know, you've had people tipping up throw ins and all that kind of thing. And we had that big debate about prop markets, my happy. But I think if you can focus on sort of one, you know, so for me, fouls and free kicks go kind of hand in hand with cards so that those are kind of the main prop bets that, that i'll be looking at and you can kind of easily identify where there's value and where the lines should probably be uh, in terms of what's at stake in a game so yeah for me it's only really fouls uh, with props that, that i'll dip into goal kicks throw-ins all that I, I don't bother with um but no for for the fouls i, I really like that pick yeah, Shane said, how are all these prop bets, prop markets priced up? Are they pulling prices based on Optidata? Um, he says, I'm in my 40s. These uh, markets have passed me by. Yeah, well, I think what they tend to do is they'll take the averages um, over so many so many games to kind of predict their lines, but occasionally they get it completely wrong. And in my opinion, for example, that the sort of the model that, um, that I've actually got is kind of predicting around 14.25 um, fouls committed by Italy just going on the same way that they would do it and so yeah they've got the line far too low um obviously at a fairly decent price so but I think that's whenever I've looked using that it's pretty much bang on the exact same so I think it's just a case of working out the averages and then obviously looking at uh, the game state as well so yeah all right and uh to finish things off Johnson Lee says England are the most overrated team football team in human history it's so, uh, it's it's somewhat it's somewhat laughable, isn't it? Like you're going to get that, and because I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, you always think you always say it's coming home." It's just so arrogant. It's not arrogance. Like I said somewhere else before, we're the most optimistic pessimists you can imagine. If anything, it's more just like picking fun at ourselves when we say it's coming home until you actually start to believe it. Like we're in the final, so what, what's going on with it? We know, obviously, we haven't done well in tournaments. That's why there's been such a big fuss about this one. But if anything. It's getting a bit bitter. Like the sweetest bit of it is seeing all the opposing fans of different nations just absolutely hating us. If you ha if you hate it, you're doing something right. Well, the thing is, what about it is that um, the the so I thought I think England have actually I think I thought the England nation would be going a lot more crazy than what they are. I think they're quite quite laid back about it. I mean, no one, no people are talking about it, but not in you know. If this was like 1990, they'd be. You know, it'd be, it would be great. It would be, it would be much more. I think people are much more. Uh, I think we're much more laid back than than what, what I expected. You know, I, I, I think that we'll go crazy if we win it on Monday. But I, I don't think it. I thought it'd be off the scale. But it's not. It's not as off the scale as I thought it would be. But the thing is, I was with I was with a friend of mine yesterday at the evening game. He's about the same age as me, and he's travelled the world with England. And he said, you know, I, I've I've been there when we struggled against Andorra under Steve McLaren. I've been there when we, uh, you know, we, we got we got beat in the semi final in Russia. I've been there when we got when we were boot, boot, we booed them off the pitch in the last World Cup in the couple World Cups ago. And um, they're the people I I I feel, you know, they're the people that I think this is this is for them. I mean, they spent thousands and thousands of hours travelling around. They didn't have a huge amount of sport wherever they go. And they're the people that I think that this is their day. And, you know, they he said to me, if they won the European Championship, we'll do one more World Cup and we'll never watch England again. You know, they're, they're the ones that I think, you know, have a go and, 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 and do it for those people who, who spent the money for all those years. But so, football's coming home and all that. We've never won nothing. 
in my lifetime. The question, the question for me as a young man all my life was, do you think England will ever win anything in your lifetime? And my answer always used to be no. Well, we've got a chance. So if we can't be happy and we can't, you know, give it, give it to people, football's all about banter. If, we, if you can't take it and, you, and you, you want to get funny about it and you want to go tactical about it, you want to start saying we're lucky or we're rubbish, you make your own luck in this life. You've got one shot at it and those boys have got one shot on Sunday. Don't regret it. If you get one shot at something, you'll, only when you get to my age, coming up to 50, you'll realise, well, I don't want to mess it up. You have one go and you've got to hit that shot. That's it. As JLS yeah. would say. <laughs> 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 I don't understand that joke, but I'll laugh along. JLS, oh. I'm going to one shot. That's it. It's just one of them. Uh, okay. Got f- I actually met one of them. I was when I was working in radio. Went outside. There's about 150 young girls. I just walked out. All of a sudden, all these heads turn. I thought, oh, they're all here for me. Next thing, Aston Merigold turns up, and all of these girls are lying in front of his uh, his big black pickup or whatever it is, right on a dual carriageway, and I had to, to separate them. One of JLS lives across the road from us. JB, JB runs a turkey farm. <laughs> Google it, Google it, George. JB from JLS called Turkey Farm. He's a farmer. My word. Blimey. All right. Um, last comment here from Washing Machine. Thank you very much, mate. He says, great to he said one day it'd be good to see Nigel and George do a podcast of how they got started and embedding how they progressed over the years. Uh, George, I mean, George has been on a couple times just by himself and, and done that. If you look back through the episodes, I think he was like the first person I ever talked to. So um, if you go back to that one and then we dive a bit deeper into the card stuff a couple of months ago too. So you can definitely watch that. But uh, maybe Nigel and I can spend a bit of alone time and, you know, just find out exactly all about how he got started and stuff like that. I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd love to, to speak to me on that level. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you, you. Strange times in the middle of the night, Alex, and you know, you do <laughs> private messages when I'm going to sleep, wishing me well. So I'm, I'm more than happy for any 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 sort of suggestion, young Alex. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. You know, right. yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm absent for that one. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, but I mean, before we uh, before we wrap things up, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in the last couple of weeks we've been i don't know how many live streams we've done probably uh probably 15 15 something like that so it's been uh it's been a crazy time so the biggest thank you out to to george mate you've been uh you've been on just about all of them the same with neil especially through the group stages in the early rounds of the finals um the effort you guys put in is is just tremendous these guys don't get paid a cent so they uh they do this all for the for the love and i don't know the, the publicity i guess too that they get from this is just enormous so that's all they all they do it for um so yeah massive a massive thanks to to you guys you too nigel i know you just chimed in for the finals the glory stuff mate but it's all it's all good stuff mate i won't i the big efforts and i was i was i'm only literally just come through the door and I no no i understand before. mate You've been on you've been on Death's door a couple of times, but he's still come on, so thank you very much. Um and also Tony, Tony Alvarez uh from Only Fools Lay Horses. He came on for a couple of streams there with uh Neil and I and he uh yeah, interesting stuff always from him with his uh with his team news. But yeah, and, and obviously thanks to everyone who's um 
who's who's sorry i've just seen a comment someone asking what my favorite anime is (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite anime nigel what's an anime dog dog um but no no thank you to everyone who's tuned into the live streams especially some of you regular guys who've been on the whole time your comments are terrific and it's always fun interacting with you guys so love all around uh you can find these brilliant fellas you can find george at c george gamble on twitter and you can follow his other page at e uh, at george underscore cgg you can follow nigel's euros journey you want to call it at sealy underscore nigel he will be at the game on sunday so you're sure he'll send about fifty thousand tweets out every time he has a sip of uh, stella um and blocked Blocked. (laughs) (laughs) i just realized realized what anime is you just realized what anime is i think he's a great bet to win the young player tournament What? Anime. He's, he's, he's the French midfielder, but he's a great bet to win the tournament. The young player tournament. Oh god. Um. All right. Let's let's finish up there. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please do a quick rate and review of the podcast. Subscribe to the channel if you're still on. If 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 you're on the live stream still, I know there's a few of you. Please give us a give us a like. Show a friend. We'll obviously be back when when the football season's kicking off uh, in about a month or so with uh, plenty of live previews there and uh, we'll do some outright betting previews there too. So, yeah, please tune in and uh, thank you once again to you two for joining along today. Um, Catch you sometime in the future, fellas. Cheers. Thanks for having me.